are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I'd like you, because you've been sitting just a little bit, to stand with me and let's read Exodus chapter 5. And verses 1 through 3, 1 through 3, there's a phrase here that says, let my people go. I was speaking to you this morning, let my people go. Release the bondage, governor. Release it. In these first 14 chapters, That phrase, let my people go, is 47 times. The people were under government control. When America was founded, it was limited government. That's why I said no law against the freedom of religion and peaceably assembling. Verses one through three, please, let's stay together and let's pause at the commas and semicolons and periods. Ready? Begin. And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in. Pestilence's disease. It's COVID. And God says in the last day there'll be a great amount of pestilence. Our governor said it last week. He said it's just going to keep coming. It's going to be one thing after another. Now, he's biblically right. There's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be family against family. There's going to be pestilence. That's the word of God. But Moses went to the king He went to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. We want to go for three days and worship our God. We want to hold services. And Pharaoh kept saying, no. 47 times he came to the government, to the the authorities, said, let my people go. If by any means you think this today as I speak to you is an attack on liberals, an attack on our governor, attack on our health director, attack on our county, our county attorneys, you are greatly missing where we're going today. Our Father, I pray that those I just mentioned would be listening. We know by some report, some report that they do. And I pray that we'd be very alert to the word of God today. Lord, I don't have any outline. I just have a marked Bible that I'm looking forward to using with the people of God. And if you could speak to their heart, like for the last couple of weeks you've spoken to me and through people challenging me to look at these texts, God, I believe that something great could happen here today. Bless our country with righteousness, for righteousness exalteth the nation and sin is a reproach to any people. God, may we turn back to thee 
before our children have to go into bondage, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated and back up, if you will, to Exodus chapter one. You'll need your Bibles this morning and the service is costing us $5,000 plus 2,500, 7,500 for the morning, 7,500 for tonight, so I'm not planning on being done in 15 minutes. For you guests, don't worry, I'm not generally a long-winded preacher, so that's okay. The children of Israel, verse seven, were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty. The land was filled with them. The land was filled. You know, God's people in a foreign land, he said, they're just everywhere. I wanna tell you something, I'm experiencing that firsthand. God's people, you think America, it's over. You think, good night, we're so wicked, we're so bad. I wanna tell you, there are pastors all over this country that are standing for God. I'm talking about pastors where we're, we're, we're old time Baptist people here. We're independent, fundamental, separated, temperamental Baptist people. I'll tell you what, the non-Baptist people have overwhelmed my heart with joy as well. I'm getting so many letters from this pastor, this pastor, and names that I don't, I mean, just different types of names. I had a, a pastor this morning, he texted me and said, Brother Trevor, I love you so much, and I'm praying that God's power be on your life today. He's in the same battle. He, is he a Baptist? No. Is he a Christian? Yes. I'm not talking about let's begin a big uh, a conglomerate uh, a, a, a society of all churches. I tell you what, I'm praying for that pastor. I'm praying as he preaches God's word today that God would use him powerfully for his sake. I, I, I read a, a, a pastor, I'll say a word tonight about this. He's pastor of some, it's a different name than us, not even near Baptist, it's not even, I don't even know if it's the word church on it. He sent $10,000 to us and he said, praying for you, keep standing in your assignment. That has helped me so much, my dear brother. God gave me an assignment right now. God gave this church an assignment. I want to stand true to God in my assignment. Yes, they began to multiply. I'm telling you something from emails and cards and letters and phone calls and texts and you name it. Yes, there's some crazy nuts. And yes, there's some folks that want to hurt us, but there's far more that want to be a blessing to us. God's people, it seems like they've been multiplied. And there rose up a new king in Egypt, but knew not Joseph. And he said to his people, behold, the people, the children of Israel are more and mightier than, they, uh, than, they, than we. Take that to the bank. God's people with God is always a majority. We're more mighty. I want you to see, because they want to go worship, Pharaoh sent taskmasters over them to afflict them. Verse 11, verse 12, verse 14. They made their lives bitter with hard bondage. Hard bondage. Notice what the Bible, the Bible said this. You know, it's amazing when a king gets out of control. One of the first things he wants to do is kill babies. Herod, Pharaoh, Nero, these, uh, these people like a, a, a Hitler and a Stalin, disregard for life. Look what the Bible says in verse number 16. They didn't want all these 
Christians. They don't want all these, that's a New Testament word. They don't want all these Hebrews. And he said, when you do, verse 16, the office of the midwife, ye Hebrew women to the Hebrew women, and you see them upon the stools, and if there be a son, uh, they didn't have ultrasounds. They said, let the baby be born. As we get to the election in 50 some days, I would say biblically, you cannot vote for anybody that wants to slaughter and kill a baby. And here was Pharaoh, he said, go ahead and have the birth of a baby. Go ahead and have them on the table there, on the stool. Go ahead and have them laying on the table. You find it's a baby, what are you gonna do? A boy, what are you gonna do? To be a son, then kill him. When a nation has disregard for life, we have been from our constitution granted life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our nation is built on life. Why? Because Jesus is life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible says, John 8, 44, ye are of your devil, the father, your father, the devil, who was a murderer, he's death, who was a murderer from the beginning. We have a choice of death or we have a choice of life. We have a choice, let's go ahead and kill these old people. Euthanasia, get rid of them. It's legal in many states now. Go ahead and get, if an old person wants to, or if somebody wants to, no, but God says, Job, my days are determined by him. And they had disregard for life. And they called the midwives. They said, you've not been killing these babies. The Bible says, verse 20, wherefore God dealt with the midwives and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. I believe God is raising up a generation right now a generation of young boys and young girls. And I don't want our children to have any fear. Kids, it's gonna be okay. And one day I'll be off the scene and one of you will be up here preaching the word of God and you'll be singing the songs of Zion. He'll say, I remember the old man stood in this pulpit and bless God, my parents and my grandfather and grandfather, they fought for something. They believed in religious freedom and I'm here today preaching the word of God because of my forefathers, my dad, my grandfather, my grandma, my grandfather, what they stood for righteousness. God is raising up that generation, chapter five, verse one, and verse where we read, and afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, said, thus saith the Lord. And I can say to you today, internet friends, God, God wants us in the house of God. Thus saith the Lord, let my people go that they may hold a feast in the wilderness. Pharaoh said something that the nation says so often, who is the Lord? I'll tell you who he is. He is the creator of all the universe. He's the sustainer of all universe. He said, I know not the Lord. And there's one of our problems today. I want to address right now, and I believe you're probably listening, Dr. Sarah Cody, the health director of this county. I want this church to have an overwhelming love and concern and prayer life for that lady. She is responsible personally. She's the number one health director of two million people. How would you like to go to bed at night realizing your decisions is gonna govern two million people's lives? Sarah Cody, 
I tell you what, it was this week, office early in the morning. I just couldn't get over it, the load and the pressure that you carry. I was praying to God at my desk and just talking to God and all of a sudden began to weep before God and I fell on my knees by a chair there and I'd just been weeping for a heart and life and soul. You know, I, don't, I get the encouraging letters at least. I don't know how she'd ever get an encouraging letter. I don't agree with why we're shutting it down. But she is a health director at this point. She is considering, I am going to do what I think is best for this area. I don't agree with it. But why would you wish anything bad on her? I would like, I I said praying again yesterday, Lord, if, if Dr. Cody is not saved, I don't know. If she's not saved, may she trust you as Savior so she'll not have to die one day and go to eternal hell, though she's done so much good with her health, I'm certain. But God, please give me the joy and the privilege to be her pastor one day before I die. If you cannot pray for that dear lady, and undoubtedly the loneliness and undoubtedly the threat that she goes through, you are not right with God. I want to say... I am praying fervently for the attorneys from the county. We've had conversations the last two weeks and though we're not on the same page, they're over here, we're over here. They have shown such great respect. You say, oh, pastor, you're just a sucker. They're just talking to you politically. Oh, no, we have seen God's hand work in those meetings. By name, I'm praying for them. Our staff is praying that they would be safe and they'd have wisdom. Let me say something to the health director if you're undoubtedly listening. Though you're very sincere, you are one-dimensional and you need to be one-dimensional. Your health. You are concerned for the health and I really truly must believe that you are concerned. I don't believe, I hope it's not, I don't believe it'd be a, a political thing. I believe you're concerned for the health of this county. You're one-dimensional, and you're to be commended. But we're not one-dimensional people. We are health, and that's why you need to take care of your health. We need to eat right. We need to take the right nourishment in. We need to move these, these, these limbs of ours and move our body, and we need to take care of our health. But in addition, all mankind is body, soul, and spirit. And yes, we are body, physical health, but we're soul and spirit as well. Man has an overwhelming need for spiritually to be satisfied also. We have a need, we have a need to go worship three days in the wilderness like these people. We have a need and a Bible command upon the first day of the week to get to the house of God and lay by us and store as God has prospered us. We have a need for that. You know, a Christian, their whole life, Christ is our life, Colossians 3, 4, he's our life and with that life, It's just not reading your Bible and praying and going to church and singing what makes us a whole man. It's the whole environment of man, fellowship. That deals with social life, 
Would you stop and think with me what for six months today, what we've done to the children of this county? They have taken the, and I know it's out of sincerity, you've taken the parks and the playgrounds and you've put caution tape around it. Our kids, our children cannot play on the playgrounds of our public parks. Our kids cannot go to school. They need recess. They need, they're not in that environment they're gonna be dying from this. They need school. They need a teacher. They need friends. They need tetherball. They need basketball. They need uh, uh, playing kickball. They need that. They need the lunch uh, program. Bring their own lunch. Shut down the cafeteria if we must for a while. They need that social environment. Because man is just not about health. We've all watched people, it's all about health, all about health, and they go to a field and we eat weeds. That's what my health is. They're missing out on life. Life is running and jumping and playing and playing kickball. Our governor said last Friday, I don't want you having family gatherings on Labor Day. People need family right now more than ever. You take a little child, you take our youngest little granddaughter who's in first grade. We have one in college, one turning 16 this week and they go all the way to different, 14 grandkids. You take that little first grader and she has been sitting all spring and now all this year, this week so far, sitting in front of a computer. I don't even know if that's healthy. For hours upon hours upon hours watching school. I don't believe it's healthy for those school teachers. They are called to children that they can't even talk to or touch. I want you to know that there are ramifications. I brought with me a study, I, I think I'll get to it right now, from Harvard. Harvard was United States first, America's first college, 1638. Harvard was a Bible college. Just like Yale was a Bible college and Princeton was a Bible college from Presbyterians and the Ivy League schools were all Bible colleges. They were there to portray, train people to get the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Read their tenets. You probably can go online and get it. I have them there. From Yale they said, and you know this stat, Abuses are up. Addictions have risen 18% in the last six months. Deaths from drinking up 13%. Obesity, domestic violence has doubled and in some areas it has tripled. Violent crimes are more than double. Opioid Overdoses, 18%. Suicide this year compared to last year is up 11%. We are losing more this way than we are COVID. And again, I'm not the medical doctor, but we're losing our people. We're losing a generation. We're losing the kids that have any social skills. They can't even take their, their instruments. They cannot go to school choir. They cannot be in a school play. They cannot be anything in life. They are stuck in a house, as the governor says, locked down. That is it. Oh no, Pharaoh, it cannot work. We're destroying this generation. 
They need people. They need a family gathering. They can decide safety. And for you folks today in this room, if you get a temperature, stay home. If you're starting to lose your taste, stay home. But we never legislated that before. When we got the mumps, when we got the chicken pops, poxes kids, when we got the measles, we stayed home. Now mothers would bring the kids over and then have a measles party so their kids could get it. Just the way it was. A lot of things the way it was. Public school over here, reading and writing and arithmetic taught on the tune of a hickory stick. My principal, public school, had a, a paddle. That's a whole nother subject. I say all this to see, say that Americans are suffering. Staying away from home means you're staying away from people. God did not structure us that way. I had to go to the store after prayer meeting last night, pick up something. And I went in that store, grocery store, and I don't really get in the store very much. And some said, hello, pastor. What? I, don't even, I don't even know. I don't even know what's behind the face. Four men from the same family came, uh, dad and sons, came to prayer last night. They all had black mask on. I said, man, it looks like you guys are walking in step. I said, are you guys going to rob us? What's going on here? We are living in a day of fear and control. And again, I want to say to our health director, I don't question your motive. I can't. I don't know what your motive is. Well, I cannot wait to be your pastor. I am praying fervently that you'll know your love by this church and respected by this church. And I have a personal responsibility for your life. I'm the pastor in this county for so many years now. I don't want you to ever have a bad night's rest over people like us. I want to do everything I can to pray through this. I prayed nightly. My wife prayed, God would just dry up this virus that it would be the hand of God. Harvard went on. What's happening in our country is that people are losing a sense of hope and they are just hopeless. Children cannot be hopeless. Teenagers cannot be hopeless. Young adults cannot be hopeless. Senior saints cannot be hopeless. We always have to have hope, the anticipation that good is coming in the very near future. You've taken our hope from us. I read this, I get back to the message. People, they said the Harvard study, people who attend religious services at least once a week are frequently less likely to die from despair, including deaths related to suicide, drug overdose, and alcohol poisoning. To our people in this county, I, 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 I'm, I'm positive you're trying to do your best, but we're just not health. Every one of these areas go together, body, soul, spirit. That's why when our country was founded, it was founded upon Christian principles and on the Bible that we would have the freedom and Rhode Island was the first place to, uh, first place in America's history to say religious freedom. We cannot move against the church. 
I've been here 45 years. This county, this county, and we've had Ebola, we've had SARS, we've had it all. They've never one time suggested we close the church down one time in 45 years. Then what they did said, give us two weeks. Let's flatten the curve. And the numbers change all the time. We didn't give you two weeks. We gave you 26 weeks today. This this area needs to get back to church. Those little bus kids and many of our bus workers are staying in contact with the parents and the kids, when can we come back to Sunday school? Today is supposed to be a very hot day in our area. We don't get to 100. It's supposed to be 102 to 103. Many of those kids we pick up our little apartments, some on the second floor, no backyard, no playground, no public park to go run. Many of those apartments, because it's not a hot area generally, do not have air conditions. And they're hot, and they're in that little apartment, and they've been watching every TV imaginable and playing every blow-up game and kill somebody all day long. Their lives are in despair. That's why you watch these two ladies over here in the parking lot at the grocery store got in a fist fight. People are mad. People are angry. Because you cannot live life with just one-dimensional health. We are people that are conditioned. We want to give. It's more blessed to give than to receive. As we're back to the scripture here, chapter 7, chapter 7, if you will, verse 16. Thou shalt say unto him, the Lord of the Hebrews has sent me there to tell thee, let my people go. He said, God sent me here. If I don't believe I'm God's voice box, I would get in another business. I'm a representative of God Almighty. And God, God said through Moses, let my people go that we may serve, that they may serve me in wilderness. Thus saith the Lord, thou shalt know that I am the Lord. He said, I want you to go. God is going to begin the contest now. There's going to be 10 different contests with the frogs and the flies and the locusts and all that are going to come upon these Egyptians. Notice what it says in chapter 8, verse 20. Let's read it together. Ready? Begin. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Lo, he cometh forth to the water and said to him, Thus saith the Lord, I'm just asking, our county, we're not bad people. We pay our taxes. We're good neighbors, ask our neighbors. We've tried to be good people. We feed the police officers and their wives and family and their husbands and families and all of them at Thanksgiving a meal like this. They'll say, the police and first responders have said, there's nothing like it. We take gifts to the police station regularly. Some of our girls raised some funds and went down there with Starbucks cards and cash and various things and, and, and food and candy and gave it to the police department. They said, where are you from? They said, well, the church did not organize us. We're just girls out of North Valley Baptist Church. They said, we knew it would be you. I'll do anything in a moment's notice. I drove by the former mayor's house yesterday. 
I heard she's been sick. As I drove by, I prayed because that dear lady's been a great lady and her dad was a great man years ago. Her dad was the one that cast the boat over here to allow us to build that building at the other property. This church every year at Easter, those bus kids up to about a thousand kids, we put new dresses on all the girls and little suits on the boys and we make sure that they have an Easter egg hunt. I think there's, I might be wrong on this. I'm looking, Brother Luke, 50,000 eggs last year, maybe more in candy and gifts. We're getting a U-Haul truck and at Christmas we buy Christmas trees and lights and we buy ornaments and we put presents in there and if someone doesn't have, and there's many that don't have a tree or don't have the money, we go to this area to help. We don't want to be bad people. We don't want to be perceived as bad people. We are taking Bibles to every person in the city this year again as we did on our 25th anniversary. Man was in church last week, said, I've been praying about going to church. I got my Bible on my doorstep this week. God bless you. Thank you. I'm here. We've cared for these people. I've been at every public park in the last 45 years and prayed at the opening of the park and prayed at the opening of the police stations and prayed over the opening of the fire stations. There was one park I did not pray about over and it was the dog park. I said to a staff I said, I can't pray over a dog park. You go pray. Now I'm not against dogs. I am against that skunk that's in my backyard right now. And I live right here. Look what the Bible says. If you go to chapter number nine, and I'll wrap it up. Verse 34, when Pharaoh saw their rain and the hail and the thunder were ceased, he sinned yet more and hardened his heart. And he would not he, he let the, the children of Israel grow. Chapter 10, verse number three. Moses and Aaron came unto Pharaoh and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will thou refuse to humble thyself? I wonder how long it's going to be before we're really ever opened again. I'm very saddened about the 250 people in our county, 254 I think, that have died and perished. And according to CDC, only 6% of those that have died, 188,000, actually the underlying cause was covid I don't know about all that. I just, it's amazing how we follow the CDC until it says something we don't like, then we don't follow it. They said, we want to go serve our God. Would you notice, please, quickly, verse 8 of that verse. And Moses and Aaron were brought again into Pharaoh. Now he's asking for them. They said, go serve the Lord your God. Go. They said, we have to because verse number nine, let up our, for we must hold a feast unto the Lord. We must have church. We must. We must. Notice, if you will, chapter 11, and the Lord said to Moses, yet I will bring one more plague upon Pharaoh. Pharaoh would not bow his knee to God. He would not obey. It was going to be the death of the firstborn. It's amazing that God prophesied that in the back of the beginning of this book. He said, I'm going to have to deal with the firstborn. Because he will not bow. Chapter number 12, verse 12, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite the firstborn in the land, Egypt, both man and beast. 
and I will be against the gods of Egypt, and I will execute judgment. I am the Lord, and the blood shall be to you as a token upon the houses. And when I see the blood, I will pass over. You know, later in this text, it talks about you take a lamb without blemish and you put the, door, the blood on the doorpost. Christ, our Redeemer, died on the cross, died for the sinner, paid all his due. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. For Jesus Christ, he became sin for us, he who knew no sin. The next day John saith Jesus coming, John 1, and said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He died on the cross for my sin. And friend, I'm talking about today, you don't have to be a Baptist to go to heaven, but you have to be a Christian to go to heaven. You have to know that you're born in this world as a sinner, as in one man sin into the world, Adam and Eve, and death by sin, there's a consequence for sin. And so death is passed upon all men, for all have sin. When I lied to my mother when I was five years of age, and I looked at her and she said, did you take one of those chocolate chip cookies? And I said, no, mother, no, mom, I did not. And there was chocolate chip all over my mouth. I knew how to lie to my mother. I was born with a sin nature. I knew I was lying to her. And she said, son, I don't think you're telling me the truth. You know, it wasn't long after that, sitting in a little building over here in which thou Fremont, with lanterns glowing that night, no electricity, my pastor preached. I have no idea what he preached that morning, that morning, that night, that night. And as he preached, the invitation was given. I was standing right next to my dad, 1956. And I'll never forget walking out and going down front. I'll never forget pastor saying, Viva Morningstar. Her husband was the superintendent of schools over there. He said, Viva, come lead Jack to Christ. And all right here, just two little rows, just a few little chairs in the platform, she led me to Christ. The Bible said that he covered me with his blood because the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses me from all sin. I told you, let's wrap it up. A few minutes ago, let's wrap it up now. And when a preacher says, finally, that means nothing. <laughs> Don't put your shoes on yet. Chapter 13 and now chapter 14. They're finally leaving Egypt. They came to that body of water that they were trapped. Verse 13, 14, 13, and Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, three words. I remember preaching this message years ago. It's helped me through my whole life. Fear ye not. Fear ye not. Jack, don't fear. Fear ye not. Next two words, stand still. Stop trying to agitate everything. Stand still. And the third word is one word, see. Three, two, one. Fear ye not. Two words, stand still. One word, see. Watch what God's going to do. Dr. Cody, no. God's not going to kill you. We don't want that. We want you to know from this pulpit, these people, we respect you, we love you. We're not on the same page. You're caring for one area, and thank you for doing it. I want this to be the spirit of all pastors throughout the nation that are facing the same battle. Your mayor is not your enemy. Your governor is not your enemy. I'm not saying we should not vote for somebody else in your states, whatever one you, if you're up for election this year. Vote somebody that's closest to the righteousness that you can find. 
Verse 14, would you read it for me? Would you claim this 14, 14? Exodus 14, 14. 14, 14. Exodus what? 14. Read it together, please. The Lord That's how he closes out that chapter. The Lord fighteth for them. This is not our battle. We just represent the King of Kings. It's his battle. And we get to chapter 14, verse 30. The Lord saved Israel that day. And Israel saw, he said you'd see it, the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. Isn't it amazing in chapter 15, the first thing they did after God won the battle? Could you read chapter 15, verse 1? What a powerful verse. Here's the first thing they did. Are you ready? Begin. They began to sing. I'll have you stop right there. First thing, let's start singing again. Let's sing. Singing is good for our children, but they've had no place to sing. They've had no choirs. They've had no special music practices. They, they, they've not been singing. And God bless you parents, and I'm not, I'm not we're suggesting we all live on TV all day long. But you've had to watch everything. You've had to watch Andy Griffith till you're blue in the face. You've had to watch these programs, and you know what are you going to do with your kids? You've got to do something. Many of you don't have backyards, and you just try to take rides. Sometimes you're tired of rides. You've gone through Chick Fil A to get that ice cream cup. I know all that, folks, and I hurt for you. But this is not our battle. But we must continue to stand and say, let my people go. Are you saved today? Do you know Christ is your Savior? From that day I got saved so many years ago, 1956, I, I have wounded the name of Christ so many times. I had inward rebellion in my heart because I thought as a high schooler sometimes I was missing out what everybody else got to do. Everybody in the high school smoked. I wanted to smoke so bad. I didn't smoke because I had a Bible conviction. I didn't smoke because I knew it hurt my mother and my dad, I loved him so much. You know that my battle then, I'd go to church on Saturday, work around there on Sunday and Sunday school. I love church. I wanted to be in church. I wanted to be in the youth ministry. I wanted every Sunday afternoon to go to rest homes, starting at age 13 and sing to age 18. I wanted to do that. And then Monday, I wanted to go back to the school and not live for God. I disappointed myself so many times. We've been married over 47 years. I've tried, really tried to be a good husband and a good father. Oh, the times I failed. But he never fails. And he's cleansed me of all my sin. Are you saved? If not, we give an invitation. You come and let a man show a man, a lady show a lady how to be born again. And God's people, I, I've come with a burdened heart that I don't want you to be angry and mean spirit toward people. 
as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely. Rejoice, be exceeding glad. Great is your reward in heaven. Let's pray together. Father, as a pastor, I've just tried to tell my people my heart today. I don't want us to fail in this assignment we're in. I don't want to fail. I pray that I would fulfill the assignment like you've given to us. May when people not agree with us, may they at least understand that we, we are convinced that we're answering to someone that's much higher than man, to God Almighty. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.